everybody. This is Advice for Life with Lynn. Today's issue, how to like yourself. That's a big one. How can people access that? It's, 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 it's so difficult for many people. And sometimes I fall asleep and I get my ego, egoic mind or my ego, take the best of me. And, and actually, that's what the ego is supposed to do. The ego is not bad or, do, or, or good. The ego is doing his job, you know. I was trying to explain that we live in a world of duality, where there's tall, there's short, there's good, there's bad. This is what is being created for our two spirits. So in our self, we have also the egoic mind that his job is to to make you experience everything that's negative, right? Because you don't experience negativity, you don't know what good is. You have problems? She has answers. Getting down to the nitty-gritty with people who know what they're talking about. This is Advice for Life with Lynn. Um, Now, I know a lot of you may be thinking, like, I want to love myself, not just like myself. Me too. But the way to love ourselves is to first like ourselves, right? Same with other people. I personally struggle with this a lot. You know, I tattooed the sentence, I love myself (laughs) on my inner wrist. It's the only tattoo I have, and it's in my handwriting. And I did this because for years I would go to therapy, I'd read self-help books, and I would ask the same question, how do I feel better? How do I feel better? And the therapist, she would always say, you got to love yourself, Lynn. You got to take care of yourself. And I would say, oh, that's right. (laughs) I need to love myself. So I need to get that tattoo on my forehead. So I skipped the forehead and I went to the wrist. So that's how that happened. So for me, there have been many chunks of time when I didn't even know I didn't like myself. But it's that inner voice, you know, that's that ancient false recording that plays in your head that's so critical. I didn't even realize it was playing, and I've been listening so long to it that I actually think it's real. So many of you listening probably feel the same way. Like, I'll look in the mirror like so many women and men and instantly think, oh, there's a wrinkle. Ooh, let's look at your cellulite. Let's do more leg days, or my husband will be anxious over the cat hair on the floor, and I'll think, oh, you better clean it up. You should have already vacuumed, or a coworker will be in a bad mood, and I'll think, oh, is he mad at me? I must have done something wrong. It's my fault. So we all have these recordings whether we realize it or not, that all stem from not feeling good enough and not liking ourselves and definitely not loving ourselves fully. So how do we like ourselves? I mean, that question is almost as big as what's the meaning of life? But we're going to try to answer it. Today's guest is so wise, I could not think of a better person to answer that question and give us solid tips on how to like ourselves, love ourselves and live a joyful life. He's Dr. Shino Aguilera. Well, actually, Shino, do you want me to call you Shino Bay? Shino Bay, yeah. Okay. He's Dr. Shino Bay Aguilera, founder of Shino Bay Cosmetic Dermatology and Laser Institute in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, Everybody knows this place and everybody knows him. He's not only renowned and very respected, a very respected, famous dermatologist fixing the outer outside of people. He's also known as a spiritual guru helping others fix the inside. And like most gurus, it's his experience with physical and emotional pain that has given him so much wisdom. Welcome, Shino. Thank you for having me here. It's an honor and a privilege. Oh, you're so damn sweet. Okay. And so wise. And again, I was telling Shino before we started recording, I've known him for a long time, but I've noticed a shift in you because we all, most of us live some of our life on Instagram and other social media, but you're using it as now a shift spiritually, Mm. not just talking about um, the outer. So I just want to go backwards. You had a very, very rough childhood growing up in Panama. And when I was reading your story, I, I, 
I mean, I was so moved. I was, I felt like I was you. You were on some level abandoned by your teenage mother, subjected to sexual abuse. You were very poor. You were bullied. And this trauma caused you to hate the way you looked and not like yourself. Mm-hmm. So tell me about that. I mean, I know that's a big uh, question. Tell me about that. But how, how has that shaped you? Um, I think it gave me all the tools that I needed to be doing what I love to do, which is making people feel good about themselves, not only from the outside, but in the inside. I think since I was little, I took it upon myself, um, had this burning desire that I wanted to be a doctor. And the reason I wanted to be a doctor was because I wanted to help people feel better physical and emotional. And I think that my earliest recollection of having that desire I was five years old you knew at five five years old I knew that I wanted to be a doctor and I wanted people to feel better physically and emotionally I remember that those are the words that I would say since age five now do you think you were talking about yourself because you wanted to feel better or what do you think that was about I think um yes I was a very sick child too I had um asthma and uh, childhood asthma and then because of hygiene I grow really poor I would get like boils and abscesses on my face my body and all of them led me to be hospitalized so whenever a doctor uh, took care of me I felt better so I was very impressed by that and I said oh I want to be a doctor but then I also knew that I wanted to do something more than the physical part because I was under a lot of pain being a child and always kept it to myself. You know, I never vocalized it to everyone, but I did, like you said, you know, suffer from a lot of abuse, physically, mentally. I was bullied because I looked different. I talked different. And uh, the sexual abuse happens. I remember my license was about three and a half years of age, uh, close to four. And I, I remember my whole life I was sexually abused, you know, relative friends, relative neighbors, it was like my, that was my daily life. Um, but I never knew that something wrong was happening to me until I went to, you know, I grew up Catholic. So when I tried to do my first communion, I realized that that was a sin. And if I told my grandma what was going on, she was not going to like me. At three and a half, you were sexually abused. Mm-hmm. So you carry this through your childhood and your teenage years and it's, there was a shift that happened like you you tried to kill yourself at nine mm-hmm. and you didn't it didn't you didn't succeed no and was that your shift like what happened i think that was the the point of my shift what happened was like i drank ddt which is a pesticide for mosquitoes and i drank it because i knew that a little girl around the neighborhood had you know I think, I don't know if she passed, but she intoxicated with it. And I just thought, okay, that's not such a horrible way to die. You know, I wasn't going to jump in front of a car or throw myself out of a building um, because I'm always being afraid of pain. I don't like pain, Mm -hmm. any kind of pain. So I wanted to do something that I just fell asleep or just got ill. And um, I, I remember that they pumped my stomach and... My grandma came and I was, it was so, such a humiliating experience because I was being very private about going to the bathroom and mm-hmm. I didn't want people to see me naked unless I wanted to, to. And I remember waking up and I have 
diapers and I have both my feet and my hands tied to the bed. Like I was like an animal. And, um, and they used to bathe me and if I needed to go to the bathroom, but they would not let my hands go. I don't know why, because I wasn't violent. And I remember my grandma would come and visit me, but I would not say why I did it because if she would know, maybe she would not love me because I felt my parents both left. You know, my dad came to the United States to, to become a jockey. My mom remarried, and, and, and she was the only person that loved me. Your grandmother. Yeah, and I thought she knew, then she would not love me anymore, and my secret is out. So so but, much shame. Yeah, it's, and that's, I think, what happened to most people that get abused. You blame yourself. Right. And you hate yourself for it. I started, so I told my grandmother, you know, that please take me away, and one day she, she stole me. She went there and we, she just got me out of the hospital. And funny because since I was a, ch- a sick child, every time I got sick, she changed my name. Mm. Um, because at that time there was no computers, everything was by hand. So, and that was it. Like, uh, at that point, I realized that I didn't need to kill myself. I just didn't have to be there. And I needed to take the abuse. You know, I, I was powerful. And, and if I stayed, Things will continue, but I have this inner voice always dies. When I meditate, I pause. It's like this inner guidance that, that is my real self. And it's funny because when you were talking earlier when I was driving here, you know, I never prepare for anything. Even when I gave my lectures, I never prepare. I just go right on the stage and let the whole situation guide me. I was thinking exactly how you open this conversation. Who is the real you? And who is the ego, which a lot of people confuse it from the ego they learn in, in psychology. But that chattering voice that's narrating everything you're doing, like you were saying, like, you know, like, oh, I forgot to, you know, it could be say, oh, I forgot to clean that cat hair on the floor. Uh, oh, I forgot to, you know, to call my mom. I forgot to uh, answer these questions that, uh, that I have a deadline. And, oh, you know, I look a little bit fat today. Uh, that, that narrating voice versus the real self, most people don't understand that it's not them because right. that voice is not kind. It's never kind. Right. It's always judgy, mm-hmm. always egoic. So that so you're saying at nine, you listened to your voice that told you you didn't need to stay and take the abuse anymore and you figured a better way for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, improving myself from that day on, I just took it upon myself that I was going to study hard, come to United States, become a doctor. Everything that I am right now, I started planning since then. Mm-hmm. And the opportunities always appear. Like, once you do that, the, the, the stars align. Once you start following your passion and you follow your higher self, that voice, that is the real you, versus the voice that is judgy, the they go mine, and then uh, everything is like divine intervention for me. So explain to us, I've had moments of that, and so I, I, I know intellectually what you're talking about, and I, fe- I felt it emotionally, yes. So, but explain more about what that higher self sounds like. How can people access that? It's, 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 it's so difficult for many people. And sometimes I fall asleep and I get my ego 
ego is mine or my ego take the best of me and, and, and actually that's what the ego is supposed to do the ego is not bad or do or, or, or good the ego is doing his job you know I was trying to explain it that we live in a world of duality where there's tall there's short there's good there's bad this is what is being created for to experience so in our self we have also the egoic mind that its job is to to make you experience everything that's negative, right? Because you don't experience negativity, you don't know what good is. You know, if you never see mm-hmm. darkness, you never you get to see light, but you know what is this? You know, you it's don't so know, true. Right? So that's why the confusion comes. So for me, the the voice that's very judgy. So I use my emotions as a gauge. It's like when you're driving your car and you see that your gasoline is going to empty, then you know like, oh, I need to get gasoline, otherwise I won't, I'm going to get stuck. So whenever I have these thoughts, if I don't feel good inside, if I feel not comfortable with myself, if I feel anxiety, if I feel depressed about what these narrations are doing, I know for a fact that is not me talking. Mm. When you hire yourself talks to you it's an inner knowing that comes and it is always kind it never judge it always makes you see the other sides of things especially when you talk to people like these days you know like with with politics and stuff you know i'm not getting into politics but i have friends from that like one party of or course the other. yeah and i just listen and you know, I, I, like, I, without judging them. And I can see their side mm-hmm. without judging. I think that is kind of like, I'm able to tell, okay, this is my higher self. Tell me, Shino, don't open your mouth. Don't be reactive, you know. Mm. So being reactive versus being proactive is another way to know who was narrating. If you, somebody says something to you, and you got upset and you let them have it, you like, ah. mm-hmm. um, that's being reactive. If you took the higher road and solved the conflict with a compassion, then you know that both parties live feeling good about themselves. Then you know that that was your higher self giving you that advice. Um, so I use my emotions as my gauge to see how I'm feeling in that moment that I have the thoughts. And if I'm feeling uneasy, if I'm feeling judgy, if I'm feeling upset and mad that I'm going to react, then I know that's no my higher self. Then what do you do? My. Then there's different things you can do. Uh, for, for me, it's like I take a deep breath, mm-hmm. And I may trying to move away the situation, just excuse myself and, and just walk around because I know that uh, my ego is getting the best of me and about to react. And I do take a few breathing extra moments. You know, it just takes four, like not four seconds, but four times of breathing deeply, right. inhaling and exhaling mm-hmm. for me to calm down. And the other thing that, that I can do is knowing what I know because it takes a lot to get to this point sometimes. Um, I just stop and then remind myself that, like, right, like, if I've been watching a bottle of, you have this Sefer Hills bottle of water, mm-hmm. and I'm looking here and I ask you, 
Lynn, what do you see on your side of this bottle? Just read it to me. Zephyr. Right? And I tell you that I cannot argue with you because I really don't see that, what you see. But my side says Florida. Mm-hmm. And it's on orange letters. And it has the picture of a sun. So I know that there's always different size to any situation. So sometimes when for me not to react, I just knowing this analogy of the water bottle, of a Coca-Cola bottle or a beer bottle, that we all see different size of this bottle. I just say, you know what? I've never seen it that way. Let me get back to you at that. Or that's an interesting way to see. I've never seen it that way. And then that, I know that I handle the situation with compassion. I was just going to say compassion and validation, not judgment. Not judgment, because your higher self never judge. Hmm. Your ego does. And your ego is the worst judge with yourself. You know, as bad as judger that it can be to other people around you, is the worst always to the person itself. Of course. Itself. So the other day, I was uh, my mind. I wasn't in the present moment, and I was driving um, on eight twenty six, which I'm not used to driving on eight twenty six in the morning. So, and, my, and I was, and the, I wasn't, I wasn't on the phone. There was no music, but I was just in another place. And next thing you know, I was in the express lanes. <laughs> and instead of going, okay, I'm going to go to four forty one. I don't know where that's going to take me, but I'll figure it out. You know, don't react. I instantly reacted, jerked my car to the right, started running over like eight to 20 poles, lost control of my car, swerved over two lanes, went over more poles like I was sandwiched between the express, um, a row of poles. And I was, I lost control of my car for like, I don't know, a good five seconds, four seconds, swerving over two lanes of traffic oh on 826. So I'm like, and let me back up. So I, my car's a leak. So I shouldn't probably say this, but anyway, I have a couple of, you know, little marks on the back of it. My husband's very meticulous and he's like, you know, we got to get to take that in. We have to take that in. So what I, first of all, I thought I was going to die. And I was like, thank you, God, for letting me live. And I pulled over eventually to a gas station and got out to look at my car. It's trashed. Well, not trashed, but I mean, it's, I have to replace the hood. I, and I was so mad at myself. I was like, you, I didn't, I don't know if I called myself an idiot, but I definitely felt the idiot word. I was like, I can't believe I did this. Why did I react? I, you know, this is going to be $4,000. I don't have, I can't believe who does this. I could have killed somebody, could have killed myself. Uh, a good day, 24 hours of beating up. Mm-hmm. And then I just stayed quiet. And I, I mean, I guess I forgave myself mm, 80%. <laughs> So what what do you what do you do when that inner voice just takes over your whole I guess you you just said it, you I had to check in with myself and I mm-hmm. didn't takes over your whole being has that ever happened to you Yeah yeah definitely I fall asleep all the time and and so the ego is like You mean you, I'm sorry to interrupt so you fall asleep you mean you lose you're not in the present moment Exactly okay. well, when I say I fall asleep is like I, being spiritual and trying to stay you know in the now and and presence is sometimes difficult because you even don't even realize when when i say i fall asleep it's like i let my ego take control of the wheel so i always Mm. like the analogy like the ego is like a two-year-old the mind of the ego the egoic mind is a two-year-old you know the terrible twos the the a a two-year-old everything is like mine 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 but they're not bad they're just, you know, that child is young, 
two-year-old that, that is selfish usually and uh, and everything surrounds around their needs and what they want. So I see like my ego is my two-year-old driving the car and I'm sitting on the back seat letting the uh, two-year-old driving the yeah. car. And that's what I feel ego. So like I fell asleep on the back seat of my car and my two-year-old is driving the car mm-hmm. recklessly because that's what the ego does. Everything needs to be attached to anything that's negative. The ego has a tendency to vibrate there. So so when I realize that that I fall asleep, uh, or I'm going to say something reactive, I always say myself, stop to myself. And then trying to bring myself to a point where I would ask myself, what will my higher self will say mm. or do because we we are given that that gift i mean you have a higher self you have an ego i have a higher self and i have an ego the problem is that i think it has to do the way they are bringing with with religion and the human domestication process where nobody really know that in you everything that you need is there and the problem is that Without knowing who is the real you and what's the ego your whole life, you just are a very reactive person. You react to everything instead of respond mm-hmm. to things. It's better to respond to things than to react to everything. So you stop yourself when you when you hear those negative thoughts and that you know self beating up. You stop and you. And they ask, ask myself, yourself, what would my higher self do? What would my higher self do? Or what, what would my higher self say? Because one thing, if you're religion, and I tell that to people, when we came here to this realm of physicality, is to experience what is to be God-like. And God is compassion, is love. And compassion is the love above all love. Because, you know, we could be shitty people and God still loves us, mm-hmm. you know. We can do really things that we're not proud of and God is not judging us, right? We judge ourselves. Other people judge ourselves. So God is compassion. God is a creator. So to be God-like is to do that, you know. Whenever you do something like that you do, like whether it's cleaning the house or you do a program that you're very proud of it or an interview, that moment that you feel so amazing about yourself, that is being God-like. You mm. created something. Uh, but being compassionate with others and with yourself is the most important thing. So um, within you, you have everything you need. You are created and you are a creator as well. But religion and the domestication that we go through don't give us those tools, so we struggle. And we find ha- trying to find happiness outside ourselves in other times. Oh, when I get to, ha- you know, get this. In the future, when I get to this goal, I'm going to be happier. In other people, when I find my, my future husband or future wife, I'm going to be happy. You know, in other places, in other times, in other people, where you were born happy. You know, we are born happy. That's true. You know? What does cosmetic dermatology helping people feel good about themselves on the outside uh, relate to helping people what we're talking about on the inside spiritually? I think um, because especially now more than ever, like I never saw my grandmother worrying about the aging process. 
uh, um, my grandfather or, or my aunt. But now everybody worries about the aging process because, unfortunately, it is the world of vanity and 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 it's not bad. You know, people, you, you say you're spiritual, you know, what are you doing in the world of vanity? And I think, like, I'm exactly what I'm supposed to be. This is, since I was five years old, I knew that my higher self said to me, or this burning fire inside me that I needed to be, the kind of doctor that was going to help people physically and emotionally. And what better than a cosmetic dermatologist that I can do that, right? So I tell them that exactly in the world of vanity is where I need to be as, um, as a key opinion leader, as a doctor that does this for a living day in and day out, because this is where we need the most help, right? Um, Vanity is not bad. Mm -hmm. You know, if it wasn't for vanity, you wouldn't brush your teeth or your hair. Mm -hmm. Then you get prone to infections, and that would lead to disease. So, But what about the Botox I'm addicted to? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so what, we have a wrinkle? I mean, or is it more of like, you know, it's okay to be vain, embrace that human, we're living in a human, having a human experience, but don't be attached to it. Don't rely on Botox to make you happy, for example. Yeah, so I tell people, everybody, listen, everything that you see created on this realm of physicality, um, it was given to us by God. Everything, everything, like this table where we are, somebody thought, you know, the dimension, the way it looked, the shape, and even how much they were going to charge for it. Even um, when you cut your hair, you know, um, this arrangement of flowers, this bottle, water, somebody thought it. So it's existed in a world of, of thought, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like hmm. anything that is, that you see right now physically, it comes from downloading it from the source, which is God. Nothing comes without the permission of God. Nothing comes from tapping into this source. Like right now, everybody trying to get the COVID vaccine. In different countries, all these great minds are tapping into that source of knowledge, that intelligence that we call God, and it gets manifested. So if there is fillers, if there is Botox for us to get look younger and feel younger, guess what? It came from the source. If God didn't want this to be in the realm of physicality, mm. nobody would have tapped to it. So don't don't feel ashamed for doing it or for wanting to look younger because when you look younger you do younger things when you look so true yeah you You look younger yeah you act younger and if you do that you stay healthy every single cell in your body listens to you they do it's true if you keep telling yourself that you old and you're ugly guess what you will manage to get old and you to, to be ugly Right, and for people where their beauty is their currency, it creates certain amount of stress. I mean, you are a beautiful woman, and if you see yourself aging, while some of your friends the same age are not, well, aging is now sometimes considered as a form of disease, meaning mm-hmm. that this is not like an illness. Right. This is. This is, you are not at ease with yourself. And if you're not at ease with yourself, mean that you're suffering. And if you're suffering, you have pain. And if you have pain, you need a doctor. And I am that doctor that is going to help you feel good about yourself. I always say that 
I do more than what I do with the laces and the fillers and the bottles. I give every single patient a spiritual face left because they need it. Because when you feel good about yourself, then you are kinder to other people. That's so true. You know? That's and it so trickles true. down from there. Well, what do you say to those patients, and I'm sure you've encountered them, um, who, you know, go over, are too attached to looking a certain way? Uh, I don't want to say addicted because it's very judgy, but, mm-hmm. but you know, those patients who are maybe who have, who have lost their, a bit of co- consciousness, um, as you say, fall asleep, who are, are going maybe overboard. Yeah. What I, do you say? I, I live that. And believe me, I was talking, I mean, I have friends like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm always trying to be the voice of reason because, um, you know, aging is not bad because the, the, you're not aging. I mean, if you don't age, mean that you, you're dead, right? So, but aging gracefully mm-hmm. in a way that you can feel good about yourself is always a good thing because if you take care of the way you look on the outside, you actually telling every cell of your body, your temple that you care. It's like, if, mm. like you see that on, on, on straight men, they take such a good care of their car and sometimes <laughs> obsessive that you're like, oh, yeah, you know. But if you take that such a great good of your car, of your home, well, you are blessed to be experiencing life Mm -hmm. and your body is your temple. So you should take care of it to make it look good. You should should eat well. You should respect your body because that's a good way to, to practice gratitude to God to allow you to be here and experience life. I mean, Anybody that's listening right now, you know what it took? The chances is to the trillions True. for you mm-hmm. to be here mm-hmm. as a human being, as a unique person that nobody can replace you in this world that has 7.7 billion people. Not even if you have a twin sister or brother, they cannot even replace you. So it's such an amazing thing to be able to to understand the miracle of life, right? So I think people forget about that and they don't have the tools to understand. Like I said, we said at the beginning, who is the real you? It's all about love, compassion, and who is the ego, which is just making you do your homework. Because if you don't do your homework and your homework is don't be reactive, be proactive, don't judge people, you know, be compassionate. That's what we're all supposed to be doing, everybody. But what is your advice? What do you say to people who, um, those of us, because I think we're all guilty, where, you know, we, uh, underneath the not feeling good enough is, or on top of the not feeling good enough, not liking ourselves, would be the attachment to looking a certain way or having certain shoes like, um, you know, before you came here, I was like, okay, do I put on makeup? I really don't feel like putting on makeup, but it's Gino and he's Mr. <laughs> Skin. And I was, I was consciously, I was listening to myself and I was like, whatever, you look great. Just put on some base. Who cares? Um, but what if I was like, oh no, if I don't have false eyelashes on, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna look great. I, I'm not gonna, my not good enough comes out. What do you say to, to that when we're attached to certain, physical things to feel good enough. No, and I always say, you know, to me, I think natural is always going to be beautiful. Uh, of course, like, 
there's certain looks for certain occasions and we all want to feel like we had our like our sun, Sunday suit or Sunday dress every day of our life. But I always try to let people that vanity is good as long as you have a healthy dose of self-love and self-acceptance. Like you need to accept yourself with your own flaws because I think it's on those tiny little flaws that most of us get so critical about ourselves, which are the same exact things that make people love us, right? So, but we're the one that cannot see that. So I, I don't condemn anybody that, that always wants to be made up and look mm-hmm. the best. Um, but if, if affecting your mental health with stress, that's when you should really stop and take the time to work on yourself. Because again, if it doesn't feel good inside, then it's not working for you. And we all need to do our homework. I, we're, uh, including myself, you know, I struggle with BDD to this day. I have it. It's body dysmorphia. Mm-hmm. And I got it being very young. I remember being seven years old, six and a half. You had what? I'm sorry. Body dysmorphia. Oh, body dysmorphia. Yeah, BDD. Which BDD. Right. So, uh, I remember hearing one and telling another one, and they didn't know I was there. Oh, I feel so sorry for Chino. He came out so dark and ugly. Mm. Because I'm part Chinese and my mom is Costa Rican, so my my cousins, they look either Chinese or they were light-skinned. I was very dark because I grew up in Panama. So I always felt that, that I was ugly because I was dark. And I was high from the sun and... And, and, you know, I had to walk to school miles. So I was dark because I lived in a, in the Caribbean. Right. When I moved to United States, I got lighter. And, uh, and then again, but it, I struggled for years. Like everybody that would say, Oh, your color. I immediately thought that they were talking about my color skin because it was dark and they thought I was ugly. Gosh. And, and, and that's why I say you need to be careful. Uh, what you say out there to children, and that's why I am in social media and in my in my industry. I'm Big Brother watching. I, in a kind way, with compassion, I approach everyone who and I give lectures all over the world about social media and content, mm-hmm. and you know who is behind that screen that's looking at your message because. Not everybody is going to be able to buy a Kylie Jenner lipstick or get her lips or four. I mean, there's so many little girls that get affected and boys too because what we do in our marketing absolutely to draw patients yeah. into the practice. And as a healer, we took an oath, first do no harm. And I think social media content practicing for profit and not for the patient is not the right thing to do. Um, it's on the rise about age 10 to 14 is the highest rate of suicide mm-hmm. on young girls because they don't feel adequate. Right, they don't not good enough. Yeah. And with, with Snapchat, we have Snapchat dysmorphia. We have 
as yeah. self-fighters, which is now in the medical literature as a real mental self-fighters when you consume with yourself. Well, uh, self-fighters is really the first one that got into the medical literature, and it is a real mental disorder huh. where young girls or guys they they consume with a self selfie image, uh-huh. and they take about sixty photos in order to to create one image and when they get the right image they then use filters and they completely transform the photos and they present it to the world never never feeling perfect never feeling perfect and that what creates this, this leads to suicide mm. and death something as innocent as that so that's why when i see my colleagues putting Kylie Jenner special or Kim Kardashian special i make sure that i i i i open my mouth in a nice compassionate way and let them realize who is watching this you know and i and i really trying to promote uh, social media content responsibility for the young and we have to remember kylie jenner is a billionaire kim kardashian they all have money coming out every type of help and they also have filters and lighting and makeup artists and yeah and they're not perfect either but mm-hmm. yeah you're right children are that's where the voice starts, mm-hmm. as you experienced. Mm-hmm. So just to go over some of the things that you talked about and how I just wrote down seven things you said on how to feel better about ourselves. Um, don't be reactive. You mm-hmm. said be pre- proactive. But sometimes we're going to react. When we do, be aware. Um, take a deep breath, you said. Uh, remove yourself from a situation if you have to. Uh, remember that your higher self is always kind. So that's a big key, a clue. If you hear that chatter inside that's judging you, you know, mm-hmm. it's your ego. Use your emotions as a guide. Um, let's see. You also said uh, be compassionate with yourself and then with others and accept your flaws. What are, what are you working on right now? What is your biggest challenge sp- spiritually with yourself? Um, I think like everybody else, I'm, you know, I'm, uh, November 4th, I'm going to be 52. And, uh, as a dermatologist on aesthetics and I'm social media, uh, key opinion leader and influencer, I always feel, uh, you know, like what I struggle is again, my ego trying to get the best of me. I'm getting older. Uh, I'm not going to look like this my whole life. Um, trying to, plant seeds of fears about me aging. The other thing is like almost feeling like I'm on the microscope, like everybody's just waiting for the other shoot to drop, <laughs> right? And, and these are things that are not real. Right. They are not real. I, I think like I get m- most love and respect from my colleagues. And, uh, and one thing that helped me, and I, I don't know if you agree with this, that helped me accepting the aging process is uh, 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 is having children and nieces and nephews um, because I feel like having them is helping me cope with the aging process. Absolutely. You see, there's more to life. Because I'm looking forward to graduations and yes. weddings and things like that that have nothing to do with what I going to look in the side. Listen, I'm always going to do everything right. to look my best. I'm not saying that I'm going to just like, ah, I'm turn, you know, granola and then just move in the mountain. Right. And nah, that's not going to be me ever. 
But I always say I'm going to die with a needle in my face. <laughs> right. I'm going to do everything to make me feel good. I mean, I have patients that are 80s, and, mm-hmm. and they say the same thing. It's like, I don't want to look 20. Right. I don't want to look 30. I just want to, like, look like I'm rested and I look mm-hmm. good for myself because when I do, I feel just great that day. And if I look terrible, I feel terrible. And I don't want anybody to feel terrible. So I don't want to feel terrible. Um, but I want to age gracefully. What that word means something for some people, something for somebody else. But I don't want to be uh, preoccupied. I mean, there's going to be a point where I'm not going to be able to control all the wrinkles or the sagging skin unless technology changes. Mm-hmm. But I want to be able to love myself at every decade of my life. That's beautiful. What is your best advice for life on how we can like ourselves in a sentence? For me, to to the best way to love yourself is what I said earlier, that your life or my life is a miracle. It's a privilege to be able to experience this. Everything, good and bad. We live in a beautiful planet. There's more good people than bad people out there. And I feel like I've been lucky um, enough to 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 always God put the right people in my life, which I call my soul family. And and I think you find your soul family according to the energy that you're projecting out mm. there, right? So you you go with yourself and you realize that your whole life is a miracle, and you have a place that is irreplaceable in existence. That your being here matters to everyone and existence and the universe itself is the first step to start living the best version of yourself. One of the things I love about you is that you exude self-love and you're dancing. Like you dance, like you don't give a shit who's watching. (laughs) You feel there's something in you that, I don't know, it's definitely not your ego dancing because... um, you have so much freedom. What is that? Yeah, it's something that if you look from the beginning of time, indigenous people have always danced. Moving your body f- makes you feel alive. And when you move your body to the rhythm of music, again, remember I tell you, everything comes from the source. So music is created to provoke an emotion. Beauty is created to evoke an emotion. When you look beautiful things, whether it's a puppy or a painting or a building, it creates something in you. That's why we all want to be beautiful, right? Because we want to be able to experience beauty. Beauty is spirituality itself. So dancing, when you see something well choreographed, or me, I don't care if you don't know how to dance, but I love the people that just dance like nobody's watching yes. because just see them enjoying themselves. It gets, it, it, it does something to whoever is watching as well. So for me, dancing is the way that I fight anxiety, depression. In fact, I set the tone of my day like that. Mm. If you, if, if you, if you can ask Alejandro, when I get out of the bed, I put my music, I go in the shower dancing, I dance in the shower, I dance in the shower, I get out of the shower dancing, and I get ready dancing, and 
Hey. Uh, that's a great tip. And you set the energy for the day. You set your intentions. And my uh -huh. intention is that today is going to be a great day. Imagine if everybody can do that. Even if, if I, even if I uh, hit all the poles on 826, today is going to be a great day. Yeah, try tomorrow. Just get up with the music okay. and get ready with music that's danceable. You want to put the music that makes your body move. Yeah, not the TV. Not the TV. Yeah. yeah it's no a offense, TV. <laughs> yeah, no, just put the music and just get dancing. Your best song made a, a, a playlist of the music that makes you want to dance. And believe me, your days are always going to be great. You know, you set the tone of the day. It's healthy. Every single cell in your body is going to be happy. And when they're happy, they thrive. And when they thrive, you thrive. Oh, my gosh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much, Shino. If you want to get in touch with Shino Bay Aguilera, you can find him on Instagram, uh, Shino Bay and Shino Bay Durham. He's got two Instagrams. And I think Shino Bay is where you're going to see the dancing. <laughs> um, you can also make an appointment at Shino Bay Cosmetic Dermatology where you can get a spiritual facelift. I would like one of those. You can also check out his book called Be Youthful, Look Good, Feel Good, Remain Young at Any Age. Namaste. Namaste. A reminder to everybody, submit your questions on AdviceForLifeWithLynn.com. And while you're there, sign up for my free email. You'll be the first to get my weekly blog on how to live consciously and peacefully. You'll also get access to my free happiness guide when you sign up. Also, I'm looking for guests with different ways that they can help the Advice for Life with Lynn followers. So reach out. Maybe if you think you've got something to say and you want to be on the podcast. Lastly, please subscribe and rate my podcast on iTunes. I really care about what you think. So tell me how I'm doing. I want your thoughts. The links are in the show notes and also on the website. I want to help as many people as I can with this podcast. So your shares, your subscribes and reviews help us gain visibility in the iTunes store and they help us reach more people. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time. And remember, there is nothing we can't talk about.